You grew up knowing you could do anything. As a soldier in the U.S. Army, you'll test your limits and feel the pride of doing things you never thought possible. With guaranteed training in one of more than 150 career fields, up to $40,000 cash enlistment bonus, you'll earn a steady paycheck, get money for college, and gain valuable experience while you learn how to be a valued team leader. To find out more, call your local Army recruiter or visit us at GoArmy.com. There's strong, and then there's Army strong. You're listening to From the Cheap Seats with Chris DeLambert and Brandon Atkins. You may not like your seats, but you'll love the show. Welcome to From the Cheap Seats. I'm Chris DeLambert. I hope everybody had a wonderful Thanksgiving. Brandon Atkins is in the house. Professor Trent Nichols. Oh, oh. Robert Bricky out with a glute injury. <laughs> will not be in the studio today. Neither will Dwight Howard. Or Larry Fedora. No, Larry Fedora will not be here. He'll he'll be back, though. He'll return some point in time, right? No. Somebody should return. (laughs) What? What's going on? Who's taking over the DJ booth? Return of who? That's my chance. Everybody in Tar Heel land is fired up. Mac Brown is coming home. We got a party like it's 1995. Man, let me tell you something. I don't think people nationally realize that Mac Brown is obviously one of the great coaches in Texas history. There are Royals out there. You can you, you can find some some periods of time. Mac Brown is the greatest coach in North Carolina Tar Heel football history, and it isn't even close. And Mac Brown is coming back to save the Tar Heels, baby. Woo! Brandon, you <laughs> want to make a case for anybody else? No, I mean, I thought Stugatz put it pretty well earlier today is that why would Mac Brown want to play uh, coach in Chapel Hill and why would the Tar Heels want Mac Brown to coach in Chapel Hill? It doesn't seem like a – it seems too late to me. Now, when I first saw it, I liked it. But now it seems – too late. How is he going to relate to Are these? You me? Yeah, no, that's that's the problem I had. I was ready to totally, me? totally opposite you guys. Yeah, like I said, this is this is welcome back to 1993. What's the, what's but the, listen, why why is this a good thing? Let me. I'm gonna How is this to going to help UNC in the future? These guys he's recruiting have no idea who this dude is. Dude. No, none but, of these guys that he's recruiting. It or recruiting, either recruiting. way. Sorry, knows who? No, return of the Mac. You know who? Is. You know who? You know who does know who Mac Brown is? Every high school football coach in the state of North Carolina. Period. Hmm. Not only that, but so does every football coach in the state of Texas. What's the plan? Okay, let me let me ask you guys a question. I want you to think about this for about five seconds. Right. There are three major universities. In North Carolina, that play football is that a fair statement? Yes. Which is no. the best football program currently? Duke. Who coaches Duke? Coach. Coach Cut. Coach, Coach Cut. Cut. Who's a thousand years old? Cut. Mac Brown is coming back to North Carolina, and and listen, you asked me a million times, Brandon, because you've been on the fence. You're like, ah, I want to see Vador gone, but who do you get? 
Who do you get? Do you bring in a Cliff Kingsbury? Do you bring in Gene, Gene Chizik? Yes, you do as coordinators for the Mac. Return of the Mac. Mac Brown is coming back here without any aspirations of ever going anyplace else. That is the best a mid-level football program like UNC could ever hope for. He doesn't want to go anyplace else. Mac Brown is one of the most prolific recruiters in the history of college football. How old is he? Period. 67 years this, old. This smells like, to me, Wisconsin's Hail Mary to bring back Barry Alvarez. Right? He retired, left. They started to struggle. They fired somebody, put him back in charge, and then moved him up into the uh, athletic department. Why does that – what does one have to do with the other? Because – I, where has Barry Alvarez ever won a national championship? Where is Mac Brown? Texas! No, they didn't win. Yes, they did. With they Vince beat Young? USC. Yes. Okay, that was in Texas, not in Carolina. Brother, let me let me read to you. Let me read to you the records Mac Brown posted at North Carolina. First two years out of the gate, after he was hired away from Tulane, he went one in ten. One in ten through two seasons. And I'm sure they were out with the pitchforks. Six and four, seven and five, nine and three, ten and three, eight and four, seven and five, ten and two, eleven and one. If UNC gets anywhere close to doing that annually, Mac Brown can stay there perpetually till yeah. the end of time. That's true. They brought uh, game day there against Florida State. Yeah, I know. And uh, you know what? I bet you the owners of the Raiders thought that you know bringing Gruden back would be a good idea. Well. Here's the thing. Mac Brown is not coming back to run X's and O's. Mac Brown is a I, figurehead. He is not a figurehead. He is the CEO. The problem Larry Fedora had is Larry Fedora didn't find it didn't suddenly forget how to make an effective offense work. The program was too big for Larry Fedora. Larry Fedora is going to land on somebody's staff as an offensive coordinator, and that offense is going to be top 15 in the country, and Larry Fedora is going to get another shot someplace else. Yeah. Hopefully he doesn't try to go to school this big again. Well, I think Fedora, he got killed by the investigation, the ad- academic fraud, the shoes at the beginning of the year. He's been negatively uh, cru- you know, recruited against. But what Mac Brown does is what I'll say is he's just good enough to like get them to win in eight or nine games again, and then they don't get into a situation with which NC State did a couple of years where nobody wanted to come. Like so, they can he can bring the program back up to where it needs to be to actually recruit a good coach moving forward. And and you know why it's a good move right now. Because besides Clemson, there's nobody. Yeah, I mean, Miami and Virginia oh, Notre Tech Dame, are both down. Except for grab. Notre Dame's yeah. pretty good. Yeah, well, they'll Notre be representing. Dame's not really an ACC. Well, they'll I mean, have two ACC like, football teams ACC in the playoffs, school. right? Well, they play five. Oh, well, you can't. ACC opponents. You so. can't get in the playoffs so, without being so in a conference, right? how's Notre Dame right? going to do in the uh, ACC championship game against Clemson? Slaughter. How's that going to go? They'll get slaughtered. Oh, yeah. oh, wait a minute. They're not playing in it. Oh, yeah, I forgot. Yeah. Notre Dame is going to get into this doggone playoff. When everybody else involved in this national championship playoff has to play again next week. Yeah, but Notre Dame hasn't played to start. No, I'm not going to say that Notre they Dame's going to be trounced. You, you look at you look at Michigan, Syracuse. What other quality wins are on the None. table? 
Stanford looked like a good win at the time. It wasn't. They struggled Michigan with USC. Michigan wasn't a good win at the time. Michigan, you're right, wasn't a good win at the time. And I wonder what Ohio State beating the breaks off those Wolverines means to the committee. Do they say, wow, maybe Ohio State's really, really awesome because no. Notre Dame only squeaked by these guys? Or do they say, you know what? Michigan's been doing it with smoke and mirrors all season because look at who Michigan played after Notre Dame. Has there really been a quality opponent on the run? No, on the zero. The only thing it did for Ohio State was help them in the battle between them and Oklahoma for the four spot. The because is, if you look at who did Oklahoma lose to? Texas. Texas. Who did Ohio State lose to? Purdue. So if they both win this weekend and I had to pick one, I'm going with Oklahoma. They have the better the problem, resume. The problem Ohio State has is that Oklahoma was on a neutral, a neutral site and played that game and was beat on a last-second field goal after they came back from the from the depths of hell. Exactly. Ohio State got the got their doors blown off, and and to say that is a stretch because if you look in terms of total offense, that game was a lot closer than it would have been. But Urban Meyer panicked. They did some things around the goal line they wouldn't have ordinarily done. That score wasn't as bad as it looks, but it's still Purdue. And then Purdue didn't go on a crazy run after that and went out. No, Purdue went back to being an all right ball club. So the so, question with it I don't is, even think Purdue's bowl eligible. So what's the I think difference? They won five I games. I think they're five and six. So what's the difference between Notre Dame's win over Michigan and Ohio State? If they win got them in Week One, yeah. Because oh, that, Notre Dame, if you watch Michigan, to be fair, it would have been later in the year. It would have so meant more for Notre Dame. Is it not using the eye test? Like margin of victory and stuff like that. Aren't we right back to the beginning in terms of using, re- you know, overall records and eye test? Why why are we even having this playoff? No, it's not for for Notre Dame. There is no eye test. Notre Dame They're is in. undefeated. They're in. Period. They're, in. They're the only team right now that is one hundred percent assured of getting in. Period. Yep. Because nobody is out there with the exception of UCF, and they're not going to knock Notre Dame out of that. Notre Dame's in. Alabama is probably in. There is a situation, a a set of circumstances. If Georgia goes in and beats them soundly. I think it will be the same as last year. I don't. Not Not in this case because you're talking about one loss conference champions that would get the shaft. And I don't think think it's going to happen. Do you think that... Georgia would get the shaft and Alabama would go no. before them? No, 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 no. If Georgia beats Alabama, Georgia's it. I think it could be Alabama, Clemson, Notre Dame, and Georgia if Alabama loses. No. I, I don't believe that because the – If got I Oklahoma, was looking at Oklahoma, Oklahoma Ohio State, and no. Alabama, dude – my money is bringing – I'm bringing Alabama. I don't care what anyone says. I, I got you, but you have to give Oklahoma some credit. That win against West Virginia was a big deal. Yeah, but – Ohio State's win against Michigan was a big deal. If those two teams win out and they win their conference championships, Oklahoma's got Texas. Texas got them the first time around. It's not going to happen again. Mm-hmm. Texas is going to get destroyed. Ohio State may well lose to Northwestern. They are perfectly capable. If they come out and that defense played like it did the first 11 or 12 weeks of the season instead of like it did against Michigan, Northwestern can beat them. The problem is that even if Ohio State beats Northwestern, it doesn't mean anything. Mm -mm. You know, you're talking about a seven-win team, big deal. So it doesn't do them a lot of good. Now, the Georgia-Alabama question is legit. If Georgia beats Alabama, can Alabama get in? 
honestly, I don't think they have a significant enough strength of schedule. And that LSU loss to Texas A&M this past week doesn't do them any favors. Who's the They had than, a better strength of schedule this year than they did last year. I, last year was putrid. Yeah. But this year it's not great. And they got in without even being in the conference finals. I, I got you, but I don't think They've that got in four times without being in the conference think, finals. No, that's not true. That's absolutely At least three. No, they once. No. Alabama has only gotten in once without winning the SEC championship. Mm. And that was when Auburn beat them and they missed the SEC championship. That's the only time that's happened. I promise. Okay. Now, the question as to whether Georgia and or Alabama gets in is probably moot because I think Alabama's going to run through them. And if that happens, Georgia's out of the mix. So let's assume an Alabama victory. Let's assume that Pitt does not shock the world and beat Clemson. Because if they do, I think Clemson's out. I hope not. You hope that Clemson's not out if Pitt beats them? Yeah, I hope not. You still got a you you you're in a decent big five five conference, whatever you want to talk uh-huh. about it. And they've made it all year long. If they lost in a close game, I would hope they would be in. Mm. If I'm gonna say this. You know the last time everything goes according to to how the odds makers would have it. That Ohio State beats Northwestern, that UCF beats Memphis, that Oklahoma beats Texas. If Clemson loses to Pitt, I think Clemson's out. And I think, I just think that the that's overall a, strength of the ACC does them in in this. I get it, but I think that's historical big football conference bias. Have you, you know? watched Oklahoma play football this year? No, I haven't. They are really, 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 really good. <laughs> yeah, but they suck at something that's very important, which I, is one of the three phases of football is defense. Dude, that's the Look, best thing that's happened today. No. Like, you're absolutely not. Are you crazy? Are you crazy? Why the hell would I watch Oklahoma Dude, football? I'm just saying, listen. That's it's, true. It's that's like, good. I haven't seen them either. Oklahoma is like um, <laughs> – who's the big man, Dwight Howard? In his, the Do beginning, the, beginning of his, game last year, the beginning of his career, yeah. he was really good at offense. But he's not defensive on the backside anymore. Oh I'm going to have to church these guys up on Kyler Murray as we come back. Uh, we will make fun of Dwight Howard. I promise. Krista Lambert, Brandon Atkins, two American patriots trying to make sports talk radio great again. The V Foundation and board member Robin Roberts are dedicated to declaring victory over cancer by funding cutting-edge research. Jim Valvano's greatest legacy is the V Foundation. You can help join the fight, give the gift of time. We need passion, we need teamwork and momentum. The time to act is now. There's not a moment to lose. Every dollar counts, every day counts. To find out how you can join us to defeat cancer, please visit jimmyv.org. Welcome back to From the Cheap Seats. All right, welcome back. We're in the midst of a heated debate. All right, so as it stands, Notre Dame is in, period. Got to assume Alabama's going to get past Georgia. I think Clemson will beat Pitt. If Pitt shocks the world, that's a whole other thing. But Last time Clemson won the national championship, they lost to Pitt. Yeah, but not in the ACC championship. championship. 
Not in the ACC championship. Okay. That's a different animal. We lose and counts. And ranked this time. I, yeah, of course they so, are. I'm just saying. Everybody else in the ACC sucks. All right. So here's the question. Let's assume Alabama, Clemson, Notre Dame. Right now, you have Georgia, who is going to lose another game to Alabama. You have Oklahoma, Ohio State, both of whom are one-loss teams headed into their conference final. Right. And you have UCF. Assuming everybody wins, I think the one thing I know for certain is UCF is not going to get in. Memphis is not a good enough win for them, plus the fact that if they lost McKenzie Melton. One of them wins, they're not in. Yeah, I, they I need, think that's fair I, to say. I think they could, if they could have Alabama, Ohio State, and Oklahoma all lose, that's I think that's their, their only chance. I think even then. I don't even count Clemson as well, losing, well, here's unfortunately. The thing. That'll if, be the one that loses. Well, here's the thing. If Alabama loses, Georgia's in. So there is an SEC team in there one way or the other. And possibly two, although I think that would be a grave, grave error. And I think it would be rewarding either of those teams based on history. Brandon just said, you're talking about history. The SEC is not very good this year. I don't, I don't know why people can't get it through their heads. LSU was a pretender. We've heard about Florida and Auburn. Kentucky was was ranked at one point. The SEC is not a juggernaut this year. It is Alabama as the 1A or the 1, and then you've got sort of you know the 1As. Georgia's probably the only one that I would really put up against the rest of those teams out there. Alabama's so much better than everybody right now. Yeah. It is going to take a minor miracle for somebody to beat them. This Clemson team, all the hoopla that we heard going into the season, I don't think this Clemson team is as good as it's been the last couple of years. They're, and, and, and I don't say that with disrespect because that Clemson team is nasty. But I'm not scared to death of that offense. When the offense touches the ball, it's not, oh, let's just wait on the big play because it's coming. You know what I mean? They've got the Lawrence, a quarterback, who's good. He's going to be great here in a year or two. I don't think he's great yet. The running game is all right, but think about Clemson and the receivers that have rolled through that program over the last several years with DeAndre Hopkins, Sammy Watkins, Mike Williams. They had, you like to say, robot receivers dropped out of a spaceship. They hadn't been one of those. I'm not sold on Clemson like that. They barely, barely, barely squeaked by Syracuse. Um, I'm just not feeling them. Well, and A&M, beginning of the year, but I'm also looking at Oklahoma's schedule. Their schedule wasn't that stout this no. year. You know what I mean? Like their best win just came against West Virginia, and then they play for the, uh, I guess, the championship against Texas. number fourteen Texas. Yes, who, you know, beat them earlier this year, forty-eight points on Oklahoma. That's why you got to look at if you're going to utilize the eye test. I think you got to look at. At Oklahoma, their lack of defense is just a knock on them. But but wait a minute. But but Let's here's Clem- Clemson to me has just been bored all year long. Like it, they've been bored all year long, much like Alabama. I think it's going to come back down to those two teams, Oklahoma and Ohio State or Georgia. But those teams aren't ever bored for the last three or four years. Like they're like always fighting to get in. If Georgia gets in, if they lose to Alabama and get in, I quit. Well, they won't. They'll be I, a I mean, two-loss team. If, if, they, Georgia, if, they, gets in, if Georgia loses to Alabama and gets in, oh, yeah. 
Two I'm done team. with it. Yeah, I'm done. I'm done. I will not. I will seriously boycott college football. Yeah, I don't think Georgia's, they, they Georgia's to going to be if, – if that happens, Georgia's being rewarded for nothing. I mean, Georgia <laughs> Georgia has not been a juggernaut this year. Last year, we talk about the eye test, Nick Chubb, Sony Michelle, Roquan. The, I mean, that, that team was bad. I think, this I mean, team's all right. I think the way that Alabama has had to play all year, not having a challenging game and resting their starters and all mm-hmm. that junk, and I think your statement about Clemson being bored – then you get a month off to try to get ramped up, which you haven't had to use that adrenaline all year. I think that might come back and bite them. Maybe. Maybe well, you look at an Oklahoma gonna... team that's had to be in shootouts, or even Ohio State winning an emotional Michigan game, and everyone proclaiming this is the best win they've had all year. It's the best year they've had. The best win or Notre Dame, where everyone's saying they don't belong, yet they're undefeated. They might be more fired up than any of these teams. Well, we might end up being we might end up watching stupid Ohio State versus Notre Dame in the finals. Well, that's where Saban makes his. Sorry about the stupid Ohio State. I didn't mean to say. No worries. He's, the he's fun. Stupid Ohio State makes sure Saban right. like last year. Us Southerners don't like Ohio State. We don't want to watch that. We need some SEC or ACC football. That's the best. I hear. Okay, you. so last year you got to worry about these Alabama teams. Waiting a month because Saban is really good at the you know the of preparation of that game. I want to read you a schedule real quick for Alabama. Give it to me. Louisville, Arkansas State, Mississippi, Texas A and M, ULL. I don't even know who that is. Louisiana Arkansas, Lafayette. Arkansas, Missouri, Tennessee. Number three LSU, twenty nine to nothing. Give them full props. Yeah, absolutely. Mississippi State at number 16. It was overranked. Overranked Citadel. Auburn. Underranked Citadel. Yeah, right. They're, Dude, they scored more points the first half us, than Mississippi State and LSU. I know, but do any of us really know? Are we like just talking because it's football t- season? Yes. Do any of us know what's going to happen? Because I don't think anybody really knows how good Alabama is. You well, know? I mean, the, I just don't think so. Bigger than what you guys have, have hit on, to me, oh, is bigger the whole than thing what we've hit on. That's yeah, bigger. Trent, no, do you agree with that? No. What I'm asking is bigger than that. Because the one thing you're leaving out of this, you're talking about, well, can Saban get them? You know, they've been bored, they've been sleepwalking. What happens when they get hit in the mouth? And you're talking about, well, you know, this, that, and the other. But here's the thing: we're we're hearing the national talking heads anoint Tua. Oh, he's a Heisman Trophy winner. Yep. Tua hasn't played in the fourth quarter. I I anoint him too, dude. How how he I can't even believe up. we're having this conversation when we think of Heisman winning quarterbacks. I think of the best stats, the most winning no, co- college quarterback wins the Heisman. Nobody's been if better you than Tua. At the best stats. Nobody's been better than Tua. Then the Notre Dame quarterback should be the winner. Dude, wait a minute. Hold, <laughs> hold, hold, hold on. Ert, Ert. Heisman Trophy, when you talk about quarterbacks, okay, that has to be the guy, first of all, that's the best player on his own team. And it's debatable whether two is or not. And I'm not talking about Hurts. I'm talking about on that team. You've got legit All-Americans all over the place. Name me one player from the Oklahoma team not named Kyler Murray. I don't know one oh, name. Oh, that guy that um, 
They're exactly. I don't know one name of the Alabama. I'm telling you right okay, now. Okay, if that's if you take Kyler Murray and install him in the Alabama offense, you're not going to miss a beat. So an NFL MVP, if he sits out week 16 and 17 and rests, should not win the NFL MVP because uh, he didn't he win all year. Probably played the fourth quarter in weeks one through 15. Okay, it's the same thing though. It's not the same thing. Yes, it is. It they rested for not. two games. He doesn't deserve to be it's the not, MVP. It's not the resting two games. It's not playing into the fourth quarter. If you don't need your star to play, why play him? Yeah. There's things called injuries. Look what happened to the oh, uh, UCF guy. That's why, sometimes. why have him in there? That quarterback, they were blowing him out. He should have been out of that game, and he destroyed his leg. Bro, that's how... Our hey, show is. I don't think you. Same time with Melvin Gordon. Sometimes with our show, ankle. Chris, UCF foot. was not destroying South Florida when McKenzie Melton. Yeah, been doing he, they were. No, they weren't. They were winning. I love that you just made that up. Yeah, but no, that game was contested <laughs> and very no, much in the balance. It was, it was over. No, they were going <laughs> to no, win. No, it wasn't. They had to win. Um. All right. Well, cool. Melvin Gordon. <laughs> The Chargers were winning last week. He didn't need to be in there, and then he sprained his knee. Well, it's like when we do the show, when it's going really well, I feel like I can skip out. I don't need the fourth quarter of the show. Oh, you yeah, know? that's true. You understand what I'm saying? How you feeling you know, about today's I mean, show? You're not skipping it, out, are you? It's okay, but no. We need you to put up a Heisman performance the rest of the show, man. So it's bogged ch- down because you guys are talking crazy. Okay, well, it's because – we don't know college football, and obviously you do. You, but you but, went on the record and said, "No, I haven't seen Oklahoma play." So check check these. I want to. I like. I'm all Brandon big on schedules. All right, whose schedule are we looking at now? We're oh, gonna look let at. Let us guess. Pittsburgh Panthers. Why? why? Here's why. Just think about this for a second. Their losses. They're gonna play for an ACC national, <laughs> uh, an ACC, ACC championship. championship. They lost to Penn State early. Yes. This year, that's one of they their did. losses. They lost to, um, they lost to <laughs> nobody. UCF. Okay. That's a pretty big loss. Yeah. Those are two big, big championships. Yeah, they lost teams, to the best right? team in the country, and then they lost to Notre Dame. Well, because Dave Look, Weinstead and they're is still a good playing coach. for national. So, but they're Dave still Weinstead is a great head coach. But my point for Pitt. <laughs> Shut up. Dude. What? Who is who? Did they beat. Well, they, UNC I, probably they actually lost NC to Carolina. State. <laughs> <laughs> now that I'm looking at it, but I mean, oh. they're still yeah, the, playing. Then for, said they lost to Carolina, <laughs> who finished two and nine. Yeah, that's yeah. It's Pitt's playing for the ACC championship. No, I'm just, I'm just, I don't know. I mean, anyway, let's <laughs> get to the next one. This show, this show is sucking with right a now. Pal and I'm gonna end it with a bang. Now, whimper. See you on the other side. You're listening to From the Cheap Seats. You're listening to Krista Lambert and Brandon Adkins on From the Cheap Seats, a production of Cheap Seats Radio. Are you ready to sell your home and don't know which realtor to choose? Well, not all realtors are the same. I'm Crystal Copas, and I don't just stick a sign in the yard, throw it in the MLS, and hope to collect a commission. I provide a customized marketing plan that includes professional staging, photography, videography, and drone at no cost to you. Contact me, Crystal Copas, with REMAX Real Estate Service, and let's get your house sold. 919-356-5402 or visit me at crystalcopas.com. 
Everyone deserves a decent place to live. Everyone. Decent shelter is something we all need to thrive. Through shelter, we empower. Visit Habitat.org to donate today. Hello, I'm Rob Beckley, lead singer of the band Pillar. I served in the Army Reserve for eight years, and it taught me lessons in teamwork, leadership, and organizational skills that I still use today. Serving part-time in the Army Reserve also offers skill training, money for college, and bonuses up to $20,000. So if you're up to the challenge, talk to your local Army Reserve recruiter today or check us out online at GoArmyReserve.com. You too can be Army strong in the Army Reserve. You know what really gets a party started? Indoor baseball. Yeah, just find a broom or a pool cue and you can use like anything as a ball. Cans, bottles, shoes. Hey bro, toss me that avocado. Most party fouls are pretty dumb, but if you decide to drink and drive underage, you could lose your license and your freedom. Underage drinking and driving, the ultimate party foul. Learn more at ultimatepartyfoul.org. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. And now, from Sanford, North Carolina, Krista Lambert and Brandon Atkins. Got money, I got fame, fast cars and everything. Yeah. All right, welcome back from the cheap seats. Is the tour tag of the train keeps rolling along? I want to, I want to. Wait, you said it wrong. His name is. Heisman winner, Tula Tagamala. All right, so what what exactly? I want you guys to explain this to me. What exactly does Tua lead the NCAA in? All of it. No. How many uh, interceptions has he thrown? Um, I have to get to that. He probably zero. leads. I mean, leads funny, all quarterbacks. Lots of players out there that have thrown zero interceptions. So he's probably. And you're wrong anyway because he has thrown a pair of picks. Well, it's probably so starting quarterback. With the least amount of minutes, with the best record. Um, uh, well, hold on, because Mackenzie Melton is undefeated too. With the least amount of minutes. Uh, who cares? Why is Jalen Hurts not the second in the voting for the Heisman but, Trophy then? But why are you going to penalize him when it's not his choice? It's not like he said, hey, I need to come out for the fourth quarter. Okay, but They were up like 50 points every so that's week. What we do now, that's what we do now is we just take the quarterback on the best team in the country and we make them the Heisman Trophy winner? Yes. No, well, he deserves what, it. You that's what's been happening in the country. We're talking about statistics. I want to know statistically what does he lead the NCAA in? I have no idea. Passer efficiency. Okay, that's a good stat. Okay, who led the league, who led the NCAA in passer efficiency last year? Matt Liner, Baker Mayfield. <laughs> Baker Mayfield did. Oh, did he really? Yeah, he did. Wow. Yeah. How about 2016? Who led then? Drew um, Brees, Cam Newton. <laughs> exactly. You don't know because it doesn't matter. Does Tua lead the NCAA in touchdowns? No. Does he lead him in yards per attempt? No. Well, if Does he played he lead... the whole game, maybe he would. Well, but he doesn't, so he won't. If Marcus Dupree had stayed healthy, maybe he'd be the uh, the NFL's so going to win it? leading rusher. The Oakland A's outfielder? I think Kyler Murray's the best player in college football. The Oakland A's first baseman? He's not a first baseman. He's an outfielder. Outfielder. Yes. I think Kyler Murray is the best player is in college Is Kyler Murray coming back next year? No, he's contractually obligated to not come back. He can play in one year and he's done. Now, 
The A's may cut a deal with him. He may decide, I'm going to not honor this contract and do this. I don't know. Kyler Murray, I, I don't know. Brandon, I know you weren't on the show when I when I did this. Kyler Murray, what's the best football state in the country? Texas. Okay. Kyler Murray was a four-year starter in high school and lost exactly yeah. zero games. It's freaking nuts. Kyler Murray. 56 I, and up, nothing. Yeah. Kyler Murray, with his one loss at Oklahoma, when he lost to Texas, when Texas came back after he brought Oklahoma back from 21 points down with about eight minutes to play, that was the first time he'd lost a football game in his life. That's how good Kyler Murray is. Everything that people see Kyler, see Tua do on a football field needs to watch Oklahoma because there is, we talk about the eye test, there is nothing. Tua does that Kyler Murray yeah, cannot do. Unfortunately, Kyle Murray already has $3 million in the bank. Tua doesn't. It's not fair. Uh, Tua should have played baseball. I would go out there and play the best quarterback I could if I was already a millionaire. I think we should come up with a drinking game. That doesn't mean anything. A drinking game? I don't know either. A drinking game. Every time Chris says Kyler Murray, we have to take a shot. Oh, my gosh. Well, Dwayne I mean, Haskins do you has have, more. Dwayne Haskins has more touchdowns than Tua. Do you have one of those fat head Dude, posters Andy up Dalton. in your bedroom? No, but I should. Andy Dalton has more touchdown passes than Tua. Andy Dalton may have started his last game for the Cincinnati Bengals. Dude, you know what my favorite part of the NFL Sunday was? What's that? That Browns guy giving the ball to Hugh Jackson. Oh that was and freaking Hugh clutch. Him on the head. Oh, come on! I would have shoved him right. God. That was the lamest thing I've ever seen. That was so ridiculous. And I guess good for him for not doing on Woody Hayes on him and punching him in the face. Yeah. But I've never seen anything quite like that. It was bizarre. So um, I'm I agree. Kyler Murray's better than Tua. All right, cool. If you I, can't I say much. if you can't what? say the pronounce this the last name of the player. He shouldn't win the Heisman. Yeah, he can't. I'm no. for that. So I'm, Kyler Murray wins. Well, just by unfortunately default. then. Probably barely anybody, unless your name is Smith or Davis, would never win the Heisman because I'm horrible with names. But I guess one of my points is that this football season for college has been so boring and so already, so already played and laid out that we're still talking about the same thing that we were talking about week, week one. one. And it's just – it's got to hurt the sport. You know what I think it does. I really, really, really think it does. You know does. what's sad? Last year, college football in this room trumped everything. NFL was awful. You're we right. We hated it. And this year, it's totally flipped back. Do you the think NFL that's a credit? The NFL has been so much better this year in my eyes that I enjoy watching it again. Last Here, year, I couldn't stand it. Here's where the college football made a mistake. And I'm stealing this because I've listened to don't admit it, don't admit it, ESPN earlier. No, you didn't. When they started coming out with the rankings, they ranked UCF at number twelve behind a two-loss LSU team. That told you that you were never going to see UCF in a in the playoff. That told you right then and there. So what are we even watching? I think Alabama could potentially lose two games, and this committee would put them in. Like, it's so boring. 
I don't disagree with that. I think it. you made a perfect, perfect point. I stole it, but it's okay no, you didn't. because you made it up. And here's the thing: is that LSU, when LSU was making their run, the national media propped them up. Oh my God, Ed Orgeron's got this team going. Okay, and now they showed. Yeah, they're all right. They're not. But ready they're LSU, yet. and yeah, that's Ed building. Orgeron coaching the team. Now it's Georgia. And you see Georgia propped up. And I, I don't think there's an organized conspiracy, but a lot of this is people trying to trick us. We're going to make you think that that SEC championship is a big deal. Because I'm here to tell you, the likelihood that I'm going to watch from gun to gun, eh, probably not. Well, it's like they use throughout the season, they use rankings. The committee uses rankings. So look at their body of work. Look at this. And at the very last second, they're like, I test. That's how they got <laughs> Alabama in last year. I got you, man. And it's frustrating. Like, I mean, what about UCF? You asked me if I watched any Oklahoma games. No, I watched highlights. I've seen bits and pieces of games. Uh-huh. I guarantee you nobody except for maybe you, Chris, has actually watched a UCF game this year. Talk about that eye test. Apply it to them. I'm I'm just to me it just seems all fake. Well, how much more eye test do you need when they play their rival, South Florida, who's a good football club, has been for the last five or six years, they've got a nice program. Their star player, the one guy outside of the UCF alumni base that people know, Mackenzie Melton, who is a legit Heisman candidate, blows his knee in half. Right. Ugh. They come out and run up four straight touchdowns on USF and win, going away. And that doesn't, you know, nobody even bats an eye. I was already thinking, man, they're going to sputter through this. They're just going to beat USF or USF's going to beat them. And, and the committee's going to say, we told you so. Dude, how, many, how much more adversity? How many more things did people need to see? We talked about Alabama, and, and I'm not saying that Alabama didn't deserve a national championship last year. But the fact that they did it without winning the SEC is stupid. Yeah. Would you pay twenty bucks to watch Phil play Tiger, no. or would you pay nineteen ninety nine or twenty bucks to watch UCF versus Alabama? Oh no, the Phil versus Tiger is a whole nother level of stupid, mm-hmm. and the timing could not have been worse. Let's do that in April. You know I what think, I mean? Just, well, we're doing that. This weekend belongs to college football. You? What are you doing? Did anybody well, do you do you know anybody that knows anybody that knows anybody that heard somebody actually paid twenty bucks to watch that? Uh, I had, I know of nine people that sat and watched the whole thing in a bar at my restaurant. Yeah. There you go, nine people. Nobody paid. Nobody paid. And we had it on sound. The idea of somebody playing, uh, paying money to and watch. You know how much that. I paid? You paid three hundred dollars. That's that? how much we had to pay. Wow. And it's those three hundred dollar <laughs> checks like that. I just love how Trent tried to mouth it to you. So it, you're like, you're being three hundred dollars. Let me ask you this: Is that three zero zero point zero zero Trent? Yeah, yeah. That you were just mouthing because you didn't wallet. want anybody to know. So nine people, your overhead, your 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 cost on food and beverage is probably about twenty five percent. So if well, my, I lost money on it. That, well, that's what yeah. I, that, thanks for getting to the bottom line. Without Same with UFC fights. I lose money. My restaurant's not big enough. The draw's not big enough. Are you going to have the Wilder fight on the mm-hmm. 1st of December? No, sir. Oh, my God. Boxing, you just broke no. my heart. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Oh, what do I have to, who do I have to call? What do I have to do? I don't know. 
too. You should talk to the GM. I'm going to. We're going to have a conversation about that. Because I'll come drink $100 worth of alcohol. <laughs> Dude, you know how much it is? How much? 3500 Shut up. Yeah. I'm, All I'm, right. I need 34 other people that will commit to drink $100 worth of booze. Email us at CheapSeatRadio at gmail.com. And if I can collect 34 signatures along with mine, Trent's going to I'll order it. Trent will order it. Man. And I'll get my uh, golden tea machine back. What? Yeah. Oh, man. I had a special request from a Jeez. very close friend of mine that oh, yeah. said that uh, okay. We're getting that hooked he up. would cover that $80 a uh, month it costs to run golden tea. How much does it cost? 80 bucks A month. A month. Wow. Can I say one Can thing? You, wait, wait a minute. Before you do, what would it take for you to get an NBA Jam machine in there? I don't know if that's a possibility, but I can ask my amusement guy. That do would that. be nice. Because if you Dude, do, that I, would be nice. Right. And if your amusement guy. Get rid guy, of Big Buck, put Golden Tea and NBA Jam right there in that dude, corner. How much money would we drop on NBA Jam on a weekly basis? A lot. I might and, have and to more. His point, I might have the Ginger Twins and the Lambert in the restaurant. On let me, a weekly basis. Let me just tell you something. The guy who's asking you to install that machine in your restaurant, yeah. they had to either, one of the two, I can't remember, they had to install a new cash box within the machine and or come more often to switch all the money out that they spent. Dude. It's going to be like, you'll offset your loss losses for you know, Tiger and Mickelson and <laughs> Ultimate Fighting Challenge by a million if you get Golden yeah, Tea. I'm really it. looking at it. Yeah. I can promise Dude. you that. Because they made me they made me get rid of it. How can they possibly justify making you get rid of Golden Tea? Man, that's an institution. I don't even understand how that could be a thing. You guys should sooner get rid you know what you should get rid of? Pumpkin freaking wings. How about yeah. that? Hey, we did already. You guys are getting rid of all the good stuff. You get rid of Golden Tea. You get rid of the the uh, Tuesday night wing deal. Well, that's what I was going to say. Yeah, get rid of Golden Tea. I mean, why not just get rid of Tuesday night 65-cent wing deal? Oh, oh, wait. Oh. oh. Well, and you're like, you're, you're like racial profiling already because you got Buck Hunter in there. You oh. think we're all like white rednecks. Uh, you can there store trying to a shoot lot some of deer. street cred with NBA Jam. Oh, yeah. Ooh. They're just better games. And are you – let me go around the table. Golden Tee, are you a one-hand putter or a two-finger roll over the ball putter? I'm a two-thumb putter. Yeah. What about you? I'm a two-thumb putter. I can't yeah, do it too. any other way. Everybody, but the best right. player I know is a guy named David Gasser in Raleigh, and he's the one-hand roll putter. The best player I ever played with was a was – a, um, he was a one-hand putter, too. I don't know and how I, they – I would I'm always a, mess up. How in the world? I'm in there. I'm a two-thumb a lot, yeah. unless I'm driving the ball, you know, but – Yeah, I'm you a, always do the big, long shots yeah. with <laughs> You know, you got to one-hand so. it. But, no, like chipping and irons and that, I would use my thumbs. Oh, yeah? No. Just for putting. I haven't you, played in full so hand long. I'm full on hand all on the other shots except for the putting, and I'm a two-thumb putter. Yes, you, are I bet you a Ed layup Snyder guy? can play the hell out of some golden tea, can he? Oh, I don't know. No, oh, I bet he can. So I'm a layup guy. Chris, you're like 
moving all over the course to try to cut it through different Oh, you know this, man. You know this. I never saw a corner I didn't want to cut. You're listening to From the Cheap Seats. Crystal Lambert and Brandon Atkins always help me with my draft picks, but I sure wish they would stop hanging out with Zeke Elliott. When I was just a tiny baby, I was stolen from my parents. I was imprisoned in a cramped cage and was touched and photographed completely against my will, solely for somebody's profit. Then I started to grow bigger, and they locked me away for life. If you knew that was the life of a tiger cub, would you still pay to pet her? Learn how they're exploited through petting and photo ops at cubabuse.com. My name is Bobby. I'm a veteran and lost my leg to a roadside bomb. My victory was going from a wheelchair to becoming a weightlifting champion. I'm Sam. I'm a veteran. My victory was finding a career that I could be proud of. At DAV, we're on a mission, helping veterans of all generations get the benefits they've earned. I'm Cece. My victory was finishing my education. When America's veterans win, we all win. Help us support more victories for veterans. Go to DAV.org. You're listening to From the Cheap Seats with Chris DeLambert and Brandon Atkins. But if you really want to know what's going on, Professor Trent, they should listen to you and me, Diamond Dave Kaplan. We've got a better grasp on sports, I think. It's astute analysis. Welcome back to From the Cheap Seats. All right, welcome back from the Chief Seats. I'm Chris DeLambert, Brandon Atkins, Professor Trent Nichols, coming to you from right smack dab in the middle of North Carolina. We never really finished our thoughts on the Mac Brown hiring. Did you know Andy Dalton was hurt? Yeah. Did he leave the game hurt? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was pretty oh, obvious okay. he was out. Yeah, he's he, out tore, for he tore all his ligaments he's done for the season. That doesn't surprise just me. I'm glad you, glad you told me that. I told Brandon that earlier. I'm a soothsayer. When they said that there was no break, that concerned me because he was obviously in distress, and an athlete like that knows the fact that there was no break told me major ligament damage. And I told you, I honestly believe the Marvin Lewis era is over. Do you think he's going to go up in the front office? I think Mike Brown's going to clean house. Um, Hugh Jackson, everybody's gone. I don't think at this point, I don't think. Or Marvin retires. Here's the thing. Marvin has said all along, when people talk about going to the front office, he sends mixed signals. Let me make one thing perfectly clear. For all the Marvin Lewis bashing I do, he is a great personnel guy. However, I'm closely enough associated with the team and familiar. He's not the be-all and the end-all when it comes to the front office. So it's a matter of who the brains of the operation are. And I think that Mike Brown probably knows the other thing, though, is going to be Marvin has always said he wants to win a Super Bowl as a head coach. Of course, I want a unicorn, no. and I'm not going to get one, and I don't think Marvin Lewis is going to win one as a head coach. Marvin Lewis, I don't mean to be funny about this. Marvin Lewis now is not the Marvin Lewis that that took over as the head coach of the Bengals 15 years ago. If you look back at pictures of him then, first of all, he's put on about 65 pounds. But he was a hard-nosed, no-nonsense guy. Mm-hmm. And he has become Bill Cosby, minus the whole roofie Well, situation. we don't know, for like sure. Pudding. I've yeah, never. Pudding. No, he, I mean, he I've just is a, a guy who, at his place. who oftentimes look like he can't be bothered. He's not emotional. He's not excitable. And 
I think that there is something to be said for that type of leadership and that type of longevity because you can't be the firebrand all the time. You can't be anybody's business. Not in pro football. It doesn't last like that. Larry Fedora. Um, now college is guns are blazing. Co- is this Jim is Harbaugh's last game? You've only got those kids for three or four years. In the NFL, you're only going to get so much mileage with that, and they burn out. the The thing with the Bengals is. Marvin, if they don't make the playoffs with this team, this team was built to make the playoffs. If they don't mm-hmm. make the playoffs and win a playoff game, I think Marvin's done. Um, I would caveat that by saying that with all of the injuries, because they are decimated on defense, and now A.J. Green's been out for three weeks, Dalton's gone. Well, that's I hope a good point. that the franchise doesn't look and say, oh, well, that's why. Well, that's a really good point. You know, it's been in the news that Aaron Rodgers is being wasted in Green Bay. How much has A.J. Green been wasted in with the Bengals? Well, I mean, short of – I mean, he is like – look at this. They're losing games because Green put a Band-Aid, put duct tape on that for so many years. Like, he's so good. I don't, he's been wasted. I don't know if – here's the thing. The difference between quarterbacks and other players is that the measure of quarterbacks, when you start talking about the best, is always Super Bowls. I don't know for any other position that it kind of rolls out like that. And when you look at the body work A.J. Green's put up, he and Julio Jones are two of the greatest receivers of all time. I mean, the 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 guy that's sort of before them in eras is Larry Fitzgerald. And I'll tell you what, Larry Fitzgerald in his prime is not as good as Julio Jones and A.J. Green have been in their primes. And they're still rolling. Calvin Johnson was sort of in that mix too, but then he cut his career short. Calvin Johnson's the greatest receiver. I've You'd ever have seen to say life. he was wasted too. Yeah, well, he was, but that wasn't teams. just. Here's the thing. Though. I think he was like, "Oh, this catch is not a touchdown. I'm out." Yeah, yeah. right. The thing with AJ Green, they've been to the playoffs five times, and AJ Green has been the best player on that team basically since he showed up. I don't think he's going anywhere. He has got to on some level, and he's never come out and voiced it, got to be like, Let, let's blow this thing up. we got to get a new voice in here. And in big games, games where Cincinnati had to have a W, Cleveland rolls into town. That team did not show up until the second half. Now, kudos to the Bengals for making changes into the second half, but by then it was too late. They were down 28 nothing at the half. They have a bad turnover to start and it's 35 to nothing. What or 35 to 7. What are you kidding me? Come on, man. Well, back to the Bengals. I feel like you got to blow that whole situation up. Keep some of your start like perfect um Perfect's green. a shell of himself. Perfect has Perfect's been horrible this year. So, my point is that you know how you're always telling me that nobody around the country cares about basketball like we do here and yeah. Like, nobody f- around the country fears the Bengals. <laughs> you know what I mean? They just don't. No matter how good they are, they can be a really good team or a bad team or in, somewhere in between. And they never and have feared the Bengals. N- nobody ever fears them as – I mean, I remember Icky Woods back in the day, but that's me. Like, I mean, I, I pay attention to football. Yeah, but I don't think they feared the Bengals. Like they weren't like the creme of the AFC, AFC or, during the icky. I'll Woods even go era. one step forward further. I mean, they just never even gave him any credit. Like they just well, didn't and they even haven't give deserved him. any. I mean, with the exception of 81, 88 when they went to the Super Bowl, there hasn't been a whole lot of milk and honey. And and I'm not going to turn listeners off by turning this into a Bengals segment, but I will say I think Marvin Lewis is out. 
assuming they don't go on a run and finish 10-6 and six and make the playoffs. And that's probably what it's going to take. They've got to at least get to 9-7. and seven. It, We'll see. They've got Pittsburgh left on the schedule. they got the Chargers left on the schedule. They have dropped a couple of games they had to win. Had they won the last two weeks, they're in the driver's seat. And they're they need make to the beat playoffs. Denver next week. Well, and Denver, Denver just got done the beating world with the with Chargers the and Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh. Yeah. So I think that the Marvin Lewis era is done, but I also think that Andy Dalton may be on his way out the door with him. Marvin and Andy have been married for eight years. That would be blowing it another, up enough. I can't I think see another head coach green. coming in. Oh, yeah. I mean, you've Burridge. got A.J. Green, Mixon, Bernard to sign long-term. Right. Yeah. The offensive line is okay. The defense, when it's healthy, half healthy, is good. They are decimated right now. Mm-hmm. And you know what? It's, it's football. It's what happens. But I think that any new coach coming in from the outside, I cannot see anything that Andy Dalton does on a football field where they're like, we can't replace that. Dalton is a heady guy who's a little athletic and pretty accurate. That's not a formula for a star quarterback in the NFL. And we know, especially given the passing rules the way they are now, you have to have a horse back there behind center. He's not that guy. He's not going to push the ball down the field. He's not terribly athletic. When he's playing at his best, he can light you up, but so can everybody else in the league. So Marvin Lewis may be gone. Fedora's gone. Is Jim Harbaugh gone? Jim How does Harbaugh? he survive no, this? Harbaugh's not, gonna, Harbaugh's not going anywhere. Harbaugh's got that team. The The temperature will be turned up, and I think there's a lot of people in in uh, uh, Ann Arbor that are looking right now at the schedule thinking, really, were we as impressive as we thought we were? Or did we just happen to lose to the two good teams we played this year? You know, how much does that Michigan State win mean? How much does that Penn State win mean? Now, had he lost one or two of those games, I think he'd be gone. Hard to fire a two-loss coach. And there is no doubt that apart from the from the quarterback position, Harbaugh is a monster recruiter. Those defenses just continue to reload. They've got good skill position players. His problem is, is that apart from Andrew Luck at the Division I level, he's never developed a quarterback. Yeah. He never developed a quarterback in the NFL. He couldn't get anything done with Alex Smith. Colin Kaepernick came in, and regardless of what you think of him as a person, as a leader, whatever the case might be, Kaepernick had all of the tools. If you built a robot quarterback from the ground up, you'd be cheating if you built Colin Kaepernick with the, with the arm strength, the speed, the size, and he, you know, the kid flamed out of the league. Harbaugh has Shea Patterson for this one year, and now he's got a – what's he going to do? He has not shown the ability to develop a quarterback, and I think that's going to be his undoing. If I was him, I don't I would, think he's out this year. Brandon, do you I think would, he's there? Yeah, he won't He won't be ousted. I have friends who are really huge Wolverine fans. They're not going to be patient with not – especially after this Buckeye loss. <laughs> They're not going to be patient with that very much longer um, because they want championships. It's he's just had, like he's you know, had like two wins against their rivals. What's round on the ends and I, I know, high but in the everybody knows. Ohio. Let me just tell you: Do you think that people are like, you know, gathering around talking about the Penn State win? No, no. <laughs> it's all about being the, beating the Buckeyes. Has he ever oh, beat Michigan the State? No. no, 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 no. He's beat Michigan State twice. He's beat Michigan That's State it. twice now. Yeah, he's lost to Notre Dame every time. And Ohio State I got, every time. I got you. 
They I mean, just, I'm not trying not to put defend. I'm not trying to defend. He could Harbaugh. lose five games a year, but if you beat Ohio State, you're good, brother. Go back in time. Let's let's, let's let's go back in time just a little bit. Ohio State won a national championship with Urban Meyer. They won one before that with Jim Tressel. Who was? Does anybody remember who the coach was before Jim Tressel? It was John Cooper. Woody Hayes. John Cooper. Now there was a break in there. John Cooper. He lost. won a Nash title, didn't he? No. Not even close. John Cooper couldn't beat Michigan. I think he finished his career 1-11-1. And John Cooper could not hold his job. And consistently, Ohio State was one of the top five teams in the country and couldn't beat Michigan. But it took 12 or 13 years before they finally fired See you on the other side. Thanks for hanging out. You're listening to Krista Lambert and Brandon Adkins on From the Cheap Seats, a production of Cheap Seats Radio. Are you ready to sell your home and don't know which realtor to choose? Well, not all realtors are the same. I'm Crystal Copas, and I don't just stick a sign in the yard, throw it in the MLS, and hope to collect a commission. I provide a customized marketing plan that includes professional staging, photography, videography, and drone at no cost to you. Contact me, Crystal Copas, with Remax Real Estate Service, and let's get your house sold. 919-356-5402 or visit me at crystalcopas.com. My name is Bobby. I'm a veteran and lost my leg to a roadside bomb. My victory was going from a wheelchair to becoming a weightlifting champion. I'm Sam. I'm a veteran. My victory was finding a career that I could be proud of. At DAV, we're on a mission, helping veterans of all generations get the benefits they've earned. I'm Cece. My victory was finishing my education. When America's veterans win, we all win. Help us support more victories for veterans. Go to DAV.org. I'm Chris DeLambert. I'm Brandon Atkins. I'm Professor Trent Nichols. Coming to you from the cheap seats. All right, welcome back from the cheap seats. Second hour. Appreciate you hanging out. As always, almost, because I wasn't there for Thanksgiving week, I will be on site at Libations on Chatham in downtown Sanford, 6.30 Thursday evening. Hosting trivia. What? Yeah. A couple weeks ago, I teased a category and said that it would be catastrophic injuries. Now, for a couple of reasons, we never made it to that category. So that will be one of the categories on Thursday. Catastrophic injuries. And I'm sure that Mackenzie Melton from UCF and his leg pointing the wrong direction will be part of that category. But before... I even think about putting that category together. I want to chastise. By the way, that bar looks dope over there. At Dude. I finally nice? got over there. Man, it's something else. Trent, you been over there and seen that no. bar? It's bad. It's tough. It's like intimidating. Yeah, it's something. It's beautiful. In fact, I'm stealing one of their ideas with it. That uh, that sort of shake stone they've got on the, uh, on the face of it. I've got at the bar at my house. I think I'm going to do like that. I hear you. Um, it, now, first of all, I'm about to. My ADD is about to get the best of me because I have eight thoughts in my head. But first of all, I don't want to get out of this segment without saying ESPN shame, shame, shame on you. That injury 
to Mackenzie Melton. I was not watching the game when that happened. I'd been watching, and I was in the middle of something else, and I was flipping around and doing the rest, and Twitter blew up when Mackenzie Melton blew out his knee. And I went immediately to try to find out what happened to my phone, and I landed on ESPN. And at the top of the uh, top of the uh, page, I assumed I was going to get a narrative, and I got video of the injury. Don't freaking do that, man. That's not cool. That's not. That really kind of pissed me off. And I, I, you guys said you didn't see it. I had no desire to see it. And it's not don't do it because I'm, you know, I'm wigged out about injuries or whatever. It's not cool, man. You're talking about this kid's future, his life, and his leg is pointed in the wrong direction. That's not cool. Don't. Yeah, but I'll go over. I'll go over the top because I saw Alex Smith's injury, and they were showing it. I'd rather watch someone get stabbed multiple times than watch a. A horrible break. To me, it just was I can Alex almost, Smith bad. I didn't see it. I didn't watch it. It was broken two places, and oh. Joe Joe Theismann said it. Look, it's just like mine. Yeah, so I it was pretty bad. Tweet, but ugh. but I mean, I mean, I'd rather see, like I said, someone get their hand chopped off than watch a bad break like that. Something about. Stuff going in the wrong direction, limbs. I don't, I don't know if I can say that I want to see somebody's hand get chopped off instead. That's pretty gross, too. I don't know. But, no, shame on ESPN for that, man. It's clickbait. Don't do it. I went into that video thinking there's no way they're going to show us if it's bad. And when as the play unfolded, I thought, okay, this is what I'm going to get. And then they show him laying on the ground and what's going on with his leg. That's not cool. Don't do that. You don't have an obligation to anybody to do it. And I know that during the telecast, I'm sure they didn't play it a million times. Oh, look at this. Look at how his knees turned. Don't mm. do it, man. It's, it's horrible. I, I have a problem have. with that. You guys, do you agree with me or am I off base with that? Uh, I can see it. I'm, I'm moving more towards your point. All like, right. if it was my kid, I'd be super pissed. But I don't know. Like, you know, it's, it's a – Barbarian sport, right? You know what I mean? Like that, it's like a car wreck in NASCAR, like that kind of thing. Well, no matter Some what, people like to watch that. Yeah, I don't know. No matter what, it's stuck on the internet forever. Yeah. And it's shown way too much, no matter who's the injury. So I, I felt my age this weekend, Trent. I hadn't had this conversation with you. I have I decided this weekend that I am at a point age wise and position in life that I will never, ever, ever. Ever, ever, ever. Ever, ever? Forever, ever, ever? ever? Move another piece of furniture. (laughs) Never. Why? Dude. We went to my mother's house to Mississippi this weekend and got to go to the Egg Bowl, which is really cool. I haven't done that in years, and I used to be a a thing I did. And uh, went and saw Mississippi get trounced by Mississippi State, which is, you know, whatever. It was cool. But one of the things we did while we were down there is I decided I had some pieces of furniture in her house that I needed to bring up here. Been waiting. It's been here seven years. And that was part of the plan. I'm going to go ahead and get this stuff and move it up here. So my mom, I thought would be a little annoyed and be like, you're taking this furniture out of my house. It's like, you know, eminent domain or, you know, adverse possession. I own it. I've had it for seven years and, you know, I've made it mine. Here comes she was the, like the lawyer talking. 
Yeah, right. Adverse possession is a real thing. He's already using his law degree. I don't against, even know what against that means. his mom. It's adverse. Possession. Yeah, I'll break it down to y'all fair. But here's like the thing: ghost? she was like, "Cool." Now I get to buy some new stuff. So I show up at her house, and there are these enormous pieces of furniture throughout her living room that need to be put to where they're going to live. So not only did I have to move my stuff <laughs> onto a trailer, I had to move her stuff into place. And then we drove, and I'm thinking, all right, it's a nine-and-a-half, ten-hour ride back from Mississippi to North Carolina. And mind you, we never would have driven had this been not a furniture picking up trip. So I'm like, all right, nine, nine and a half, ten hours, no problem. I get the trailer on the road, and as soon as I hit 62 miles an hour or so, the trailer starts to sway. So I had to drive back from Mississippi <laughs> to North Carolina, 60 miles an hour. Thirteen and a half hours, brother. Oh. And, of course, I had two able-bodied grown people in the truck with me who were both like, I ain't driving with this trailer. So I drove the whole thing. And then got back in last night, had to get the trailer back to U-Haul. So we had to move the trailer or the stuff off the trailer oh. into the house. Never. I. It, it does not matter how small a piece of furniture I buy from this point forward in my life. Chris... Will not be moving. Just think party. about all Ever. the people in Minis- uh, Mississippi that were like driving by you, like, hate your guts. Oh, yeah, for real. And, like, you know, through Mississippi, into Alabama, into South Carolina, into, oh, yeah, and they were passing all the time. Oh, my God. Dude, yeah. You idiot. Yeah. You pay somebody to move yes. that stuff. Yes. I thought it was just the trailer was full of baseball cards. Oh yeah, you saw my wife's post. Yeah. So what I left I'm out of disappointed that is there that. about a hundred thousand football and baseball cards in the back of that trailer as well. Hmm. And that was I didn't sort know there was furniture. I ain't gonna lie. It was kind of a it was a trick. And I told my, my mom at one point, I was like, you know what? These football cards look just like divorce. I remember the day when my wife and I were dating when I sent her a text and I said, uh, kind of a confession to make. I own a couple hundred thousand fill-in-the-blank. And she was, you know, throwing out guesses or whatever the case might be. And she actually got around to baseball cards. And I was like, yeah, actually, it is baseball and football cards. And she was like, oh, I guess that's kind of cool. And at the time, we knew each other pretty well. You know what she's thinking? We've been together. She was thinking, I hope it's that Honus Wagner. Yeah, right? Yeah. She didn't think you had Bankroll. a bunch of like worthless. I'm I sure think, you got some good stuff. Well, I got but some good stuff now. I think she thought a couple of things. One, well, that's cool because this probably isn't going anywhere. And two, dude, this guy's a nerd. And three, well, if we do stay together, they ain't coming to my house. Or he's exaggerating. There's no way nobody that's the has other piece is I'm 3, sure. 300,000 cards. Now, here's the situation. Yeah. There is a walk-in closet underneath the stairs in my mother's house. And it was packed from top to bottom, back to front, with boxes of these cards. And as I started sneaking these cards out into the foyer to load up, my wife said to me half a dozen times, is that all of them? Is that all of them? No, that's not all of them. Ultimately, we did get them all. 
and she still has not wrapped her head around it. It's a lot. Yeah, you need to bad. take a picture of these and post it on it's our Facebook lot, page. So how much value is there, Chris? Where are they? In your garage, too? Two-part question. Value they, okay, and where for, are you storing them now? That are, for thieves that are out there that are thinking about robbing my house, they are in the garage right now. They will not be very much longer. I'll show you. In fact, the truck, they're, they're not all in my garage. There's a bunch. There's probably a tenth of them in my truck. I'll show I you. I think there's a equation there like value divided by space times yeah. effort yeah. that sounds like something i would have said you've been hanging Multip- out with me multiplied by how i annoy my wife yeah. it reminds me like divided i used divided by personal it, re- it reminds me i used to have a huge star wars collection from when i was like a kid yeah and when I first, you know, I'm, I've been divorced. So my ex-wife, when we first moved into our first starter home, we decided, we decided to get rid of a bunch of stuff. And she taught me into, like, she taught me into, like, selling no. some of my Star Wars stuff. No. Oh, you know, wait, let him finish. No. This is awesome. So what happened was. The is garage that, sale. The garage sale, the yard sale, I like said, okay, well, all right. I'm new at this marriage stuff. We got a bun in the oven. I'll like test the market, put it out there, probably won't sell. I'm going to price it high, right? You hear what I'm saying, Trent? <laughs> so I'm moving boxes, furniture out there, stuff that we have. And I come out, and there's this woman running. Like, she's a big woman running with my trunk full of Star Wars stuff. To her truck, to her vehicle, to load it up. And I'm like, whoa, 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 what's going on with that? And I'm telling my ex-wife, she goes, oh, I just sold that for $5. No! I'm talking about original. original, There was original. There was original in the package stuff going on there. No! Probably at least. Two to three thousand dollars worth of Star Wars stuff in there, and she sold it for five uh, bucks. Can I say that one more time and yeah. yell into this uh, microphone? Yeah, for five freaking dollars. Uh, <laughs> I should have divorced you for that alone. And so, I think you could have gotten it annulled. Yeah, it would have been grounds. Yeah, now that I say that, I went into her closet. And sold a lot of her high-end dresses just cause <laughs> at the same yard sale. I was like, I, like scorched earth, but you had like Prada, no problem, fifty cents. Oh. <laughs> Dude, Buy one, is, get one. Here's a Gucci. This is like watching the War of the Roses in my so brain. Anyway, yeah, that happened. Dude, so, that's not good. That's no. that's horrible. I feel horrible. So yeah. there has to be a question. The moral of this story that I'm trying to tell you, Chris, there's got to be value there. Not just, you know, what you like to have around. But it's all about, yeah, but it's all about condition. It's condition, but the, you know, Eric Davis, that Eric Davis card, if it's not that good, you might want to just, you know, sell that off on eBay. One of these days. I used to be, dude, I used to be big. On eBay, and the plan when I first got on eBay was I'm gonna start selling this stuff off. And the problem was, 
Oh, wait, started that's buying. A good deal. Oh my god, that's a really good deal. Oh my god. And so you've got what you've got in my football and baseball cards is my childhood, and then ridiculousness as a young adult when eBay became a thing, and it just adds up to a lot <laughs> of cards. Now, I quit collecting baseball cards when they canceled the World Series back in, what, 97? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Still a little ways to go. That was kind of a lost segment. I don't know what happened there. You're listening to From the Cheap Seats in Sanford, North Carolina. You're listening to From the Cheap Seats from Sanford, North Carolina. I was stolen from my parents. I was imprisoned in a cramped cage and was touched and photographed completely against my will solely for somebody's profit. Then I started to grow bigger, and they locked me away for life. If you knew that was the life of a tiger cub, would you still pay to pet her? Learn how they're exploited through petting and photo ops at cubabuse.com. Hey, Clarice, can we please put on the new Justin Bieber album? Hold on. Dad will be mad if we don't listen to From the Cheap Seats. Welcome back to From the Cheap Seats. All right, welcome back to From the Cheap Seats. Kristen Lambert, Brandon Atkins for a couple more minutes, and Professor Trent Nichols opining about collections and how women don't understand them. Trent, you got something in that vein? Dude, see, the problem is I had a lot of collections. I had Star Wars, and I had He-Man, and I had all that G.I. Joe but I didn't keep any of it nice. My cards really? are very sentimental, but ah. none of them are probably worth anything, but maybe my Elway cards, because I didn't keep them very nice. Gotcha. You know? Mine are so, very well taken care of. The one prized possession I have, I've only had for four years, and that's my uh, Dynasty Fantasy hockey team. That's it. So I wouldn't sell that for the world. Gotcha. <laughs> well, cool. We're over that. I want to go back. See, Moving I told on. you my ADD was getting my ADD was getting the better of me. Go for I it. I want to finish my thoughts with regard to Mac Brown Who? because you guys asked, "What does he bring to the table?" Nothing. I've said for the last couple of years the UNC program for for uh, Larry Fedora is too big, too big a program for him to manage with all of the the people tugging on him, with all of the politics, with. The high school coaches and all the rest of that, it was too much for him. I honestly think Fedora will go back somewhere, be a coordinator at a big-time program, and do his thing. And then he'll parlay that into another head coaching gig somewhere, somewhere down the line, and he'll do just fine if he goes to a smaller program. If Fedora went to ECU, he'd be great. UNC takes a different type cat, man. You have to be a chief executive. Chapel Hill is not for the faint of heart. I'll I'll just throw the in the investigations. I'll just throw that the academic fraud and like shoes and stuff like that. I got you. That's a lot to do with the the negative recruiting. I got it. Got it. But if it's not that, it's going to be something else. Mac Brown comes in, and you guys. Well, he's been away from the game. Blah blah blah, dude. Mac Brown is not. He's not charting game plans. He's not doing X's and O's. That's not his thing. He is going to come in with a couple whiz bang coordinators. The names that are being thrown around right now are Cliff Kingsbury to run the offense, Gene Chizik coming back to run the defense. That would be the best tandem of coordinators in the ACC and maybe the country. Mac Brown's not going to be doing any X's and O's stuff. And that was Larry Fedora's failing, is that that was what he was good at. 
He's a great X's and O's guy. He can design an offense that will wear you out. But when he's trying to manage speaking engagements, is out on the recruiting trail and dealing with boosters and all the rest of that nonsense and deflecting attention away from the from investigations and all that, that's not his thing. And somebody, I think it was you earlier, asked me, well, do you think that's why Gene Chizik didn't want to work for Larry Fedora? Possibly. I mean, Gene Chizik has been that guy. Gene Chizik's worked for superstar head coaches and may have looked across and was like, eh, this guy in my, me, no, no. He ain't my he's, thing. He's no more qualified than I am, which is probably a fair statement. Where is he? Who's Gene Chizik? Gene Chizik was He went to T V for a little bit, right? Well, Chizik's been all over the place. Not the least of which was in Auburn where he won a national championship. Yeah, I thought he, he was the head coach of uh Auburn. He was for oh. a very short time and wore out his welcome there. But he was the most recently the defensive coordinator for UNC in fourteen fifteen, I believe. Yeah. Hmm. And then he left. Yeah. I think he Family reasons in quotation marks. Oh yes, he was like took on a his TV. Wife. Well, no, <laughs> he didn't have a cyst in his head, like yeah. uh, or headache. chest pains or digestive Dude, you know what? issues. That was the other thing, real oh, quick, not God. to take us off topic, but what the heck? Ohio State makes some bad blunders, and Urban Meyer's shown on TV throwing a hissy fit, and they're like, "You better be careful. You don't want to start getting your headache." I'm like, "Shut the front door, you morons!" Yeah. Like, nobody cares about that no. crap. No, you know what? not a bit. If his head explodes and he has an aneurysm and him dies, yeah, I'll feel bad. <laughs> but I would be like, holy shit, he was pissed. But even if that happened, I'd be okay if ESPN put that highlight on. Yeah. yeah At least I'd he's okay dead. Yeah. And he's a grown man. He's not a kid. I you, don't, you don't want to sprain a knee. That would be serious stuff. Yeah, right. But Don't do that. You can have an aneurysm and die. But my point with Mac Brown. Is he that keeps. what a school the size and magnitude of UNC needs is a chief executive at the head coach position. Mac Brown is infinitely qualified to do that. You can't do worse than this hire. I think you, or you should can't hire do better than this hire. Bill right? Parcells. I guess you can't do worse than that. Parcells is not coming back. Parcells is not going to work Jimmy hard enough. Johnson. Well, no, Jimmy I Johnson's just, not going think... to work hard enough. You, those guys are. Those guys are are not. Going out and recruit. Mac Brown sitting at your kitchen table, will he'll get you. You, you never know, Brandon, dude. You Herm know. Edwards, you think, never thought Herm Edwards would go back to a cushy college I didn't job. think he would, but yeah. once he did, I knew that he'd do it well. Oh, yeah. Arizona State, I picked him to win the Pac-12 this year. They didn't. They fell short. Another year in that system, but he better look out. Oh, yeah. I agree. I think you make it. I agree with you, Chris. Um his coaching style, he's already done it at Carolina. I'd be a little concerned that it's too late. Maybe how is he how is he going to connect with me, the younger players? Because I do still think it a, with a head coach job, you still got to be able to you know connect with players. Yeah, but if he like even the owner with those even the owner assistant coaches, you know what you're going to see. But even the owner of um, I forget his name for the. Panthers gets out on the field and, and jokes around with Cam Newton about money. They, they talk, they call it dripping now, and he's like, "We all want to know about dripping." And he talks about a fundraiser somewhere, and players like that. I wonder if he's still in touch enough with young players that are about to go. Maybe you Do know. Do you think Nick Saban is in touch with young players like that? I think Nick Saban has to be him and. Coach K have to be paying players 
to be this successful? <laughs> they, they, how how are they doing it? That's a good question. I have no idea. All right, I'm going to ask you this because you follow UNC football as as closely as anybody I know. Right. Mac Brown before Mac Brown and after Mac Brown. When have they ever had talent like that? Think of the guys, the NFL guys that came through UNC. Even when UNC was a middling program, I read their records. They, you know, they had an 11-1 season there, but they were an eight-win team, a nine-win team. But you had Greg Ellis, Fonnie Holiday, Dre Bly, legit NBA studs coming through that program on the regular. What Mac Brown, I promise what will happen. When Mac Brown shows back up at Chapel Hill, so will guys like Dre Bly and Greg Ellis, and they will be out there. These guys That was that was unprecedented at the time. But then you had John Bunning with Julius Peppers and stuff like that. The problem that we did, what happened is um, we got Butch Davison, and he cut corners, and he killed the program. And he cheated. He too. might as well. Yeah, he cheated. That's he might he as well have. That might as well have been a death penalty. Like by, it was a self-imposed death penalty by hiring that coach. And you knew it was coming. That was why it was a dumb hire. And then you look at Mac Brown. And Mac Brown is, you know, not a perfect head coach, but he's had success, period. Big time success at two different programs. Mac Brown never, never, never even a whisper of impropriety when he was in Texas. No, and I was even on campus when he announced at the student union that he was going to Texas. He didn't wait. To like announce it on TV, he came to the students, announced it to them. <clears throat> I, I, I was still living in Chapel Hill. I came home to my roommates, and I'm like, "Matt Brown's out," and they're like, "What are you talking about?" And about an hour later, it was all over ESPN that he was going to Texas. After bringing game day, you know, and Florida State came, you know, into Keenan and kicked our butts and stuff like that on that Draybot Blood team. But that's the kind of guy he is. He gets out in front of the students. He's great. He's he's a good short-term, three- or four-year answer to not having a coach. I, I I think you're looking at it as a stopgap. I think he'll be there for six, seven, eight years because I don't think Mac Brown wants to go anyplace else. He's been in the booth, so he knows what that's all about. He obviously, if the rumors are true and if they close this deal, he knows what he's getting back into. Now, Assuming everything goes well, I think what happens is Mac Brown establishes a new era, and you probably see the next head coach for UNC come from within that program. You know, if he brings a guy like Chiswick or Cliff Kingsbury, and, and it may be that those guys cycle out in the next couple of years and go be head coaches, but I think that you'll see him build a generation of coaches, and the next guy will succeed him, will come from within the program. I don't know, but I think. Larry Fedora's failing for whatever reason, and I know you keep going back to the investigation and all the rest of that, he hadn't recruited. He hadn't put the Jimmys and Joes on the field. And it doesn't matter what kind of offensive genius you are. If you don't have players, you're going to get beat, and that's what's happened all too often. Well, the good thing for him is that I think that's the excuse that he can use, You know that he could never recruit against all the other negative recruiting in the, even in his own state, he couldn't. He just couldn't find players. Yeah. So, you know, well, the I other think thing to be I said for that too is though that 
you, you've always got to look at it, and it's one thing to say, well, we can't get the players, but you also have to develop those players. And when you look at guys that came through Texas during Mac Brown's tenure, there were the high-profile guys that came through that program and were as good as advertised because they developed within that program. A lot to be said for that. That's the same thing we talk about with Saban. You could say, well, yeah, he's getting all these five-star athletes. Well, those five-star athletes play like five-star athletes once he gives them on the field. All right. What do you want to talk about next, hey, Trent? I, I got to bounce, but I want I want to challenge you guys. I want to do a eggnog, a blind eggnog yes. taste test. That's funny you say that. Next week, bring them in. So we're gonna. I've done this before. I want to do a blind eggnog t- taste test. We'll make it quick, but you'll be surprised which one you like. You'll spin them. He like he thinks where he knows what we're gonna like. I know, you're, know. I know you're going to like pet. Come on now. I might like the pet, man. I was raised in the hood. But I've done this before, and you'll be surprised which one you choose. So I'd like to throw that out. Again, he's he's poisoning the well. Well, no. I mean, it, listen, if you say I need to make a greater point over y'all's college football points, I can at least say I might need to make a better point eggnog point over your point okay fair I enough mean, I'll, I'll go back to my eggnog corner yeah just get back there <laughs> happy thanksgiving dude happy thanksgiving i'll keep talking y'all go what, what are y'all gonna talk about next i don't know we're gonna let you have it we're out Nah. i mean <laughs> why did trent just leave He's going. He, he's. You ran him off, man. You hurt his feelings. Trent, I, that was not directed towards you. Yeah, it was directed fully directed at me. So Trent, you can come on back in. But um, no, man, it, the eggnog challenge. It's on. We said we were going to do it last year, and it never made its way onto Southern, the air. I am fired up about this. Southern comfort sucks. Now, are we going? To, are these all going to be alcoholic eggnogs? Are they none going to be alcoholic, or is it just a hodgepodge of summer, do summer liquor, summer nut? We can do both. All right, because you know if Ricky gets a vote, it's going to be the alcoholic. I hear you. All right, brother, we'll see you later. The rest of y'all hang out. we got half an hour left. I'm Krista Lambert. Check us out on social media at Cheap Seat Radio. You're listening to Krista Lambert and Brandon Adkins on From the Cheap Seats, a production of Cheap Seats Radio. Welcome back to The Cat Show. Up next, we have Nico. Nico is a member of the Shelter Pet Group. That's right. A group known especially for their sunspot sleeping, ball chasing, leg rubbing, and of course, companionship. Just look how she struts. It's like she owns the place. And see how she curls up and cuddles her person. The pitch on her purring is simply perfect. Nice one. Fantastic cat. But really the best way to know an amazing shelter pet like Nico is to meet one. Visit theshelterpetproject.org today. Adopt. Brought to you by Maddie's Fund, the Humane Society of the United States, and the Ad Council. Hello, I'm Rob Beckley, lead singer of the band Pillar. I served in the Army Reserve for eight years, and it taught me lessons in teamwork, leadership, and organizational skills that I still use today. Serving part-time in the Army Reserve also offers skill training, money for college, and bonuses up to $20,000. So if you're up to the challenge, talk to your local Army Reserve recruiter today, or check us out online at GoArmyReserve.com. You too can be Army strong in the Army Reserve. You're listening to From the Cheap Seats with Chris DeLambert and Brandon Atkins. You may not like your seats, but you'll love the show. 
All right, welcome back. Final half hour from the Cheap Seats. I'm Chris Lambert. Professor Trent Nichols. Brandon Atkins is bounced. He's out. We uh, went to the bullpen. Nobody left down there. Everybody's injured. We're all playing. We have no position players left. It's cool, man. We got this. We got this. So we were talking about Mac Brown. We were talking about baseball cards. Um, I just showed you. I just gave you a peek. Um, I saw the the leftover remblings of what would be. So this is what we need to do, though. This table's pretty big. What about it? I think you need to bring those all in. We can go through them. Um, if I brought all of my stuff in, it would take weeks. To How do you have them organized? By year? By team? Uh, a little bit of both. It depends. It depends for did years. Did you take like all the Reds and keep them together? Because that's what I did with the Mets. I had all the Mets together, then I had the rest kind of hodgepodge. It just depends. My thing, I'm a set builder. So I've got a lot of sets that are in binders. I've got sets that are boxed up. But you were a individual packed set builder. Yeah. Not buying the set. I always thought that there, was cheating. I mean, there are, some, there are some sets that I bought when I found like really good deals. But no, I have always taken great joy in opening packs and piecing sets together. Yeah, and being That's like, oh, darn, I got this guy. I got yeah. three of him. And yes. oh, shoot, I needed this guy. Yes. So Interesting. when I buy my next house... I will have a dedicated space. You know what you should do is take those, you know those sheet protectors that they had? You could put the cards in. You mm-hmm. could fit like nine, I think, yes. per sheet. Mm-hmm. You should have that all across every wall from floor to ceiling with all your cards. That wouldn't even put a dent in them. <laughs> no, I mean, that for real, that would be something. And I used to say that at some point I was going to take a whole bunch of commons and plaster a room and like wallpaper with those cards yeah i can't bear to ruin those cards well like yeah that, and i've been into bars where they've had walls that are done like that and they're pinned or they're taped or they're whatever they're decoupaged um lacquered i i don't think you have a feel for how many of these things i, I want to see you really need to have. take a picture of all the boxes i will i will i, I will, I will st- at some point i'm we're we're kind of debating right now because we have a spare room in the house and I think that that closet in that room is big enough for all that stuff. And my wife is like, yeah, it may be big enough, but there won't be anything else can go in there. So we're still negotiating. Mm. So for the time being, I may be able to like get all these things into one space that will demonstrate how much it really See, is. See, what I picture you is like Donald Duck's uncle, mm-hmm. and you have this vault. That you go out, and there's a diving board, and you jump in, and it's just filled with cards, that, and you have cards that's everywhere. Cool. That's kind Instead of, cool. of the coins that he would uh, jump into? I actually have, and I haven't looked it up lately. Um, I actually have a Brady rookie that was a very limited run when yeah. it came out. And it was Fleer Mystique. And what was his rookie year? Was it 95? I don't Something remember. Something like that. Um, off the top of my head, I don't remember. But <clears throat> these cards, when you got them, there was one per box. So they were very limited run, and they were the rookies from that year. And it was, a, it was a premium brand, so they were expensive. And I only bought a couple of boxes. And I can still remember pulling the Brady rookie and being so pissed off. Yeah, like so what? Like, Out of all the rookies, Tom I get that. freaking Brady. 
And I knew well who Tom Brady was because he played at Michigan. Yeah. So, I mean, I'd seen the kid for four years. And I was like, you got to be kidding me. And then over the next four or five years, I was like, right. oh, my God. And now that's one of my missions when I dive back into these cards that have been boxed up all this time is I want to go – I need to go back and find that Brady – and I need to price it. I'm surprised if I hadn't driven the whole way back from Mississippi, Probably I certainly would have been in there trying to find, you know, online and see how much that card is. But um, yeah, I was one. There's only one box that I opened, and it happened to be a bunch of stuff in screw down protectors. And there's a couple really dope Manning rookies in there. Hmm. Um, so I'm excited about it. And Brandon asked the question. I never gave him an answer. How many dollars worth of cards are there? It, a lot. And at some point, I need to like figure out what I'm going to do. I used to say that my life's ambition was to open a card shop at some point down the road and that I'd have all this opening inventory to start with. I don't know that I want to do that, but I need to start selling some stuff off. And the thing is, more even than the Reds, I've always just been a Bengals collector. So I've got some uh, – dude, Corey Dillon? Uh, there probably is not anybody in the country that has a more extensive collection of Corey Dillon football cards than I do. Hmm. Um, Peter Warwick, remember when he came yeah. out of Florida State? Yeah. I have some cards, the Peter Warwick cards that I paid hundreds of dollars for when he was a rookie that are worth zero dollars mm. now. You see, well, you see on the shelf over there, there's an Achilles Smith signed mini helmet. Yeah, yeah, I played, I paid a pretty penny for that when Achilles Smith was a rookie. So some of the stuff. I've not gotten any traction out of some of it I have. Uh, Kajana Carter, I've got a lot of that stuff. Chad Johnson, uh, Carl Pickens from back in the day, Jeff Blake. Oh, my God. Yeah. I, would, I collected anything that had Jeff Blake on it. So I've got some cool Bengals stuff. And I think as I move toward old manhood that I will pare my stuff down so that I have primarily Bengals and red stuff and I've sold the rest of the stuff off. But I have to like get to a place in my mind where I'm like, all right, I can start selling all this stuff off and not feel bad about it. Well, so, how would you sell them? So Just group eBay. up a pack? Yeah, I mean, you can do it. eBay, you can sell in lots. You can sell you know, individual cards. You can do whatever. And it may be something that I look, especially with two and a half more years left in school, I may look at my breaks and say, let me put some real energy into trying to sell these things off individually. Um, I used to buy and sell on eBay all the time. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, I'm familiar with how the process works and all the rest of that stuff. And, you know. We'll see how it shakes out. Interesting. But the high-end stuff may have to go in my Scrooge McDuck vault. I don't know, man. That's the thing is some of the stuff that I have that's really valuable, the Montana rookies, the Rice rookies, you know, stuff like that. I'm like, oh, can I really part with that stuff? The Mark McGuire rookie? Oh, I don't know. In fact, a, ki a kid that I went to, a kid, a grown man, same as age as mine, um, hit me up on Facebook a while, a couple years ago. And just out of the blue was like, hey, man, I was just thinking about you and wondering, do you still have all those baseball cards? Because my room when I was growing up was cards everywhere. And and I kind of went back and I was like, I have every one of them. And he's like, dude, I can still remember a Barry Bonds rookie sitting on your dresser, you know, just out there for the world to see. And I'm like, yeah, I got all that stuff, man. Um, so anyway, that's my that's where I geek out, dude, is with baseball basketball and and even basketball i've got a lot i've got some cool basketball cards too you have any um, hockey cards nope not not any to speak of i had hockey and uh indy car cards indy cards i'm yeah. sure that I, I, have, I have some wwf ones too i'm sure that i have stacks of random stuff like that somewhere but just just you know onesies and twosies but primarily when i was a kid it's baseball moving sort of pivoting into football 
in when I was in my twenties and basketball when I was overseas of all places. Basketball, basketball was big. Well, it was big because I used to go to card shows and set up when I was in when I was in Germany. And I know that sounds crazy, but on army installations and air force bases, they would sponsor card shows from time to time. And I would get a table, I'd go set up and for whatever reason, basketball cards you could get for nothing. Hmm. And there were a couple times at the post exchange where they would get high-end premium cards in and they would just sit forever. And after a couple months, I'd go to the manager and be like, hey, and they'd always say the same, maybe an offer. And I'd be like, I'll give you 20 bucks for all of those. And I'd, you know, high-end cards. Who's your favorite uh, producer, Tops? Um, all time, probably Skybox. I yeah. really like the Skybox stuff, but um, Fleer did some really cool stuff. Baseball with Tops. I mean, I, I grew up, I was a Tops kid. But um, I really like what Skybox did for a long time before they kind of folded up. Because now it's, I mean, there really are just a couple of companies. Upper Deck, I wasn't really a big Upper Deck guy. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's what's up, man. Now you it's know crazy. something about me you didn't know. There you go. Like and everybody it. else is tuned out and like, why are we talking about yeah. baseball cards? I don't know. Um, if you've got a really cool card at the house, take a picture of it and email it to us at cheapseatradio at gmail.com. I'd like or to tweet see, it to us. You know what? I Here's the deal. Take, take a picture of the single card that you have that is your favorite card. And it doesn't even matter how much it's worth. But the coolest picture we get, we'll send a T-shirt. I just want to know what the coolest card is there. Because I've got some cards where I'm like, oh, my God, that's awesome. And it's not worth much. But I want to see the picture of the card that you love the most. And we'll vote on it. Ooh, I know mine. I'm going to I'm gonna submit because I need a new T-shirt. Yeah, you can get one. <laughs> All right, cool. So, yeah, the challenge is out there. And Bricky, you know, we've, we've joked about his basketball Never card that's floating it. around. Oh, I found it. And eventually I'm going to commit. And I'm going to buy it. it. It's there's one perpetually on eBay. Maybe you need to uh, see if that guy will trade you. No, I'm some buy of your it. cards. I'm going to buy it for Roberts. I'm going to buy it, and I'm going to. And the one that I saw that I liked that was in good shape was actually in a graded container, and those things are like sealed forever. I'm going to break it out of that container and get him to sign it, and then have it re- regraded and put back into one of those containers. That's my plan. There you go. Good job, Robert. Yeah, Robert. I can't believe you don't have your own card. Robert's out with a cold, man. Dude, if I had a card, I'd have a hundred of them. Right? I'd be passing them out. No doubt. Get pulled over by the cops. Hey, man, I know I'm getting a ticket, but here's my baseball card. Yeah. You remember Joe Gary Giola? No. Baseball announcer? You don't remember? He was a funny guy. He was a comedian. Mm -mm. Oh, anyway. My grandfather had a had a signed Joe Garagiola card that he got. He actually went to a Joe Garagiola function where they, I don't know, something, where he spoke. But he got a signed card from him, and I knew that he owned it. When my grandfather passed, I still want to know which one of my uncles got their hands on that because I'm still salty about it. That should have been mine. Should have had it. Yeah. And I, you know, I'm always like, how can families fight about inheritance and this, that, and the other? I mean, it wasn't not worth anything. I just wanted it. Well, I got I who's got it. The only thing I'm waiting on that my dad has <laughs> when he dies is the starting lineup of the '55 Brooklyn Dodgers. No way. Jackie Robinson, Roy Campanella, Duke Snyder, Pee Wee Reese. 
See, all the those cards dust. or he has the figurines? The legit cards. No way. And all of them but Duke Snyder were from his childhood. Shut up. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. That's really So they're not like in great shape because shit, he there is. Yeah, I got you, but who cares? You know what I mean? All right, we got 15 minutes to go. You're listening from the Cheap Seats. Check us out on social media at Cheap Seat Radio. You're listening to From the Cheap Seats from Sanford, North Carolina. Everyone deserves a decent place to live. Everyone. Kiramutu. Todos. Decent shelter is something we all need to thrive. Through shelter, we empower. Visit Habitat.org to donate today. My name is Forrest, Forrest Gump. My mom always told me you don't have to sit down close to see the action. Sometimes it's better from the cheap seats. And that's all I gotta say about that. Welcome back to From the Cheap Seats. Welcome back. Final 15 minutes from the cheap seat. This has been a weird journey today. It's been bizarre. It's been good, man. I like the weird journey ones. You know the only thing bad about having Thanksgiving someplace else? And you know, last week I proclaimed, proclaimed, I proclaimed that I was never traveling for Thanksgiving again. (laughs) It's hammered home today because at lunchtime today, I was like, ah, turkey, no. There are no turkey sandwiches. I have no leftovers. And I love leftovers. Yeah, but here's the deal. It's Monday, right? Mm-hmm. So we only had five people, no, six people at our Thanksgiving. And literally, we've made ham and potato soup, <laughs> cheesy ham casserole. Love it. For lunch, I ate pulled pork and a piece of turtle pecan pie. Oh. Or turtle uh, pumpkin pie. Oh, man. Like, so I'm getting a little tired of the leftovers on day like five. See, but... you're familiar with the show Snack Off on MTV? No. Oh, man. So they take these kids and basically they have to make food out of nothing. I'm yeah. just like spare parts. My kids call me the Snack Off champion. <laughs> I can create something out of nothing. So you give me some leftovers to work with, bro. All the things you just said, I can do that in a million more nice. and keep it interesting for myself because everybody else is like, it's still the same stuff and I hate leftovers. I love leftovers. Yeah. I'm all about it. And yeah, today I was it was a little somber. I was like, oh, man, mm, I forgot I wasn't here for So you didn't bring anything home? No. No, white people don't do that, dude. Should have. Doesn't happen. Next year, I'm going you, to bring you a lot been of We've cataloged that on the show for many I know, years about but what black still. folks do at family gatherings and what white folks do. Now, here's the other thing. Let me tell you something else that white folks do. White folks will listen when the authorities say, no matter what, do not go to this particular place. It's dangerous. Don't go there. No matter what. In fact, it's illegal to go there. You're not allowed. (laughs) Only white people would still go. And that's exactly what happened with this Mormon missionary. Are you keeping track of this? No. Oh, my God. Wait. So. No, no, no. He went to that island. Yeah. Yeah, and he might kill the whole civilization, right? Well, they killed him first. But they still, he may introduce them to stuff that they'll have no. Conceivably. Yeah. But they killed him first. Why would he go? I, I don't know, dude. Nobody's gone. They've okay, left so him alone forever. Here's 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 the issue. First of all, I I don't know if people realize, but 
the authorities, the Indian authorities, have arrested the fishermen that took him to the island. Hmm. Well, that's good. And it's funny how, you know, we talk about how the American justice system is broken, blah, 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 blah. No trial. Those guys have been confined for seven days in police custody. That's their punishment. No trial, no nothing. You broke the law. You're going to jail for seven days. So the authorities are adamant that this colony not be disturbed. Mm -hmm. It's Sentinel Island, North Sentinel Island in the Bay of Bengal, I think is what it is, Mm -hmm. in the Indian Ocean. This Mormon missionary, and and you know what? His principles, he was called to, cool. When the authorities tell you don't go there, for one, because you could infect these folks with germs and bacteria that they've never been exposed to and kill them off. That's number one. Yeah. Two, they're going to kill you if you come onto their island. Who still does that? So what would scare you the most? The fact that... Well, no, would it be that they'd kill you or that you could infect them and wipe out their whole civilization? Uh, I think I'd have a hard time with that. The you first be part like, would be... You could be like that would patient be my zero yeah. of a worldwide epidemic. Yeah. Because that's essentially what it is. You're talking about an entire community because if, you know, this guy goes in with a common cold, there's a chance he would have killed everybody. But here's my here's the question that I have to go along with this, though, too. Is this Neolithic tribe, these, this tribe of people is known as the Sentinelese. It's awful white for some places in the Bay of Bengal. But anyway, they are one of only nine or ten Neolithic tribes in the world. And this is supposed to be the oldest of them. They say it's pre-Neolithic. And to put that in perspective, they've been on this island 30,000 years. Wow. 30,000 years. We've been here in North America, Western Europeans anyway, for 600 years. Not even 600 years. That's 50 times as long. 50 times as long. Think about that. So when did we decide to leave them all alone? I'm not sure. Now, here's here's what I'll tell you. This is the kind of bizarre part is... There is an expert that was called by the Telegraph, who always has good stuff. <laughs> and they asked him, this guy is the, the one of the foremost or the foremost authority on this particular culture. Now, he says they've been there more than 30,000 years, and he is the world's foremost authority. How? How what? Have they How been there 30,000 years? The... That's what I'm getting at. Yeah. I know you're, we're simpatico today. And I'm like, wow, this guy, man, this must be a really interesting story. So I read it. Uh-oh. In the 1960s, January 1967, I believe, he and a group that included an armed police officer got on a boat and they went to the island. There's one beach on the island. The rest of it's densely wooded forest. They go onto the beach. They see footprints. And they follow the footprints. And they get deep into the woods. And then there's a clearing. And there's about 15 huts there. 
and they're looking at the huts and there's women and children. And as soon as they see these people show up, they hide. There's spears, bow and arrows, rudimentary tools on the ground. This guy who's the expedition leader decides, let's leave. So they leave. They never go back again. That's the story. They've been there several times over the next 40 years, but they've never gotten past the beach because the the Sentinelese come out and are like, go away. Well, they don't speak English. No, do they? they don't speak anything. Nobody knows what this language is that they speak, but they are adamant enough and demonstrative enough that these scientists know we're not allowed to go in here. So the bottom line is that the world's foremost authority on the Sentinelese tribe no, knows exactly the same amount that I do. Oh, my gosh. Nothing. And we're like, they've been there 30,000 years. How do we know? How? We don't know. Nobody's ever been on this. And the last time somebody tried to go before this Mormon missionary went was 2006, and a pair went out there, and they got killed. Now, the crazy piece of this is, though, if you remember, the Indian Ocean was where the big tsunami was. You know, the catastrophic tsunami, mm-hmm. what's it been, I don't know, 10 years ago? And maybe a little bit longer. Well, but here's still. the thing. It doesn't appear to have had any negative impact on this tribe of people. All these civil, and this is a small island. It's 20 square miles, which, yeah, I mean, you think about that, you're like, oh, it's big. No, it's not very big. It's about five by four. It's not very big at all. But that water would have essentially been underwater before the water receded from this tsunami. The thinking is, this is not, think about this for a second. The thinking is that these people, because they have not evolved out of some of the fundamental tools that we had in our brains when we were cavemen, felt the vibrations and climbed into the trees knowing that the water was coming. How crazy is that? What's the other explanation? The water wiped out this island and then receded and all these people were still there. And they know because they sent helicopters to go check and make sure that this tribe was okay. And they they were still there. When did they check? After the water receded? Yeah. Wow. Somebody thought, oh, let's go check on these Sentinelese people that nobody can talk to or communicate with and they won't let anybody onto their beach. So they sent helicopters over there to check. Sure enough, there were about 80 to 100 of them before it. There's still 80 to 100 of them there. And, of course, when they took the helicopters, what do you think happened? They threw their spears and shot arrows at the helicopters. These people do not want anything to do with the outside world. And they don't even know what the outside world is. They just know if you show up, you're probably not there to make friends. But isn't it nuts that that still exists? My wife started telling me the story, and I'm like, this is fake news. What are you talking about? You know, you're, which you read this on the internet, and I started doing the digging. It's a real thing. Now, this guy that was killed, this Mormon, I think his last name is Shom, they sent a police boat to try to go get his body. Yeah. And it got to about 400 yards offshore, and the tribesmen came out onto the beach and were pretty clear. I've seen still shots of it, I haven't seen any yeah, video. I saw the still but they're shots like, too. now. You know, they're shaking their spears and their bows and arrows up in the air. No, don't fool with it. Now, there is a report that one of the fishermen, 
because I guess the fishing boats get relatively close there, and it's just part of what they do. But the fishermen don't go messing with it. But they say that they saw a body being buried on the beach. So they think they buried this kid's body. I don't know. My wife told me when she initially heard the reports of the story that these this tribe was renowned for eating the genitals of the people that it killed. I don't know anything about all that. So well, I have to ask this scientist who's never actually meat. interacted with these people that is the world's foremost authority. So like that? if somebody offered you money and said, listen, you're going, if you do want to go, I'll pay you a million bucks. No. Do you go to that island? No. No, not at all. And the story is that this guy got onto the beach and initially, I guess the reports were that as soon as he showed up, they shot him full of poison darts and he was dead. That apparently is not what happened. I guess the fishermen hovered close enough that they kind of saw Watched. what happened or whatever. Yeah. And he apparently was given what could be construed as warnings to leave. And he was shouting from the distance, biblical passages. I mean, can you, can you look, I'm not messing with anybody's religion, but you're talking about a tribe who does not have a language that anybody in the world understands except them. I don't know how devout you would have to be to believe that somehow your words, because you believe strongly enough that they're holy anointed spiritual words are going to make sense to a tribe that has never come in contact with modern society. I don't know how that works. <laughs> and when I talk about modern society, I just said they've been in, they've been on that Island 50 times longer than white folks have been in North America. Yeah. I wonder about, I mean, does that disprove all the incest and all that stuff? I mean, cause obviously it's been the same blood. They've well, all been it, here's the thing together. I mean, there are lots of questions that I have about it. And yeah. like I said, this is one of about 10 tribes in the world that is like this, an indigenous people that is undisturbed. I have a lot of questions, but I'd like to know to start with, what is the lifespan of these people? You know, are these people living to be 80 and 90 years old or are they dying in their 30s? I And, and I have no answer for that. You know how you can Nobody do it. Does. You got to hover a drone over and I was thinking exactly the same thing. If you we know, went in and we satellite and, and just with our satellite technology, thinking, can't somebody pay to videotape or dude, caption right? all this? Think about that. And see and how it's living. National Geographic, where are you at? For real. I was thinking about it and I was like, you know what? Laser technology and drones. If you flew in and posted a couple random cameras, it would be the greatest reality television show ever. It would be a reality television network. Well, satellites, you can zoom in and look into somebody's bedroom right? window. You don't need a drone. I mean... I'm, I'm 100% down. National Geographic. Somebody. A TV station. Now, by the same token, and you think, well, man, that's costly. So I'm watching 60 Minutes this weekend. Did you did you happen to see it? No. All right. So remember the Japanese reactor that was wiped out by the tsunami, the nuclear reactor? Yeah. It was such a big deal. So the nuclear fuel in these reactors got so hot that it melted straight through the floors of these buildings down into somewhere. They can't find it. It's going to cost $200 billion and take 50 years to clean it up. Think about that. What? We'll see you next week. Love you guys. Peace. You're listening to Krista Lambert and Brandon Adkins on From the Cheap Seats, a production of Cheap Seats Radio.